Hello and welcome to YHTV's Magical Medical Tour. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Christina Suzuma, and with me is our wonderful medical guide, Dr. Glenn Woolman. Sup, Doc? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, too much fun. Too much fun. I'm bouncing already. Are you really? Yes. We're going to Careful. talk about food today, remember? Oh, that's right. It's going to be a whole foodie day for our foodie nation. Yes. We're back to nutrition again. Oh. We love that. Favorite topics. Yes, yes. It yes. is one of your favorite topics. It is because it makes me feel so alive. It's like Well, there's so many parts to it. You know, nutrition has social value to it. It has uh, health value to it. And now there's such visual value. There's so many, so many things about nutrition that uh, are good for us. And, of course, all the science of what nutrition is telling us about lives, et cetera, which is what we're going to learn about today from our very special guest, Lily Padilla. She's a certi certified integrative nutritional health coach. She's also a holistic nutrition coach. She's an author and a lecturer. And we're going to be talking with her about things that changed her life and made her what she is today. And uh, that's going to be pretty soon. But before that, Welcome, everybody. I'm Dr. Glenn Wallman. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to Magical Medical Tour. We're going to be searching through another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy today, Christina and I, in search of optimal health. And before we do that, Christina, if people want to get in touch with us and talk with Lily or write a question to Lily, how do they do that? Thank you, Glenn. Um, so at any time during this show, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment simply by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. And if you're listening to this on your one of your devices as a podcast, that's fine too. Um, just uh, all you have to do is just give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK, 818-LET'S-TALK. And be sure to leave your contact information back. And again, we are always thrilled to get any questions and comments, and we, we will be sure to um, share it with our guest and uh, have them answer you or with Dr. Woolman or anyone over here. So I always love to hear from you. Thanks, Doc. Oh, you're quite welcome. This is going to be good today. You know, we talk about uh, how things change our lives. When things happen, uh, sometimes many people look at them as lessons, and they make changes because of that. Other times people just assume it's just part of life and move on. Today we have, uh, as I said, Lily Padilla, who had uh, what I consider a lesson to be learned, and she has clearly learned it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our audience to Lily Padilla. Greetings, Lily. Well, thank you, doctor, and thank you for having me here. Uh, it's a pleasure. So Lily, as the medical guide, I like to tell all of our audience uh, kind of where we're going to go today. So we're going to learn a little bit about your background and what you did in life, and then some amazing things happened to you which changed your life, and that's really where we're going to be focusing our energy is where the changes occurred, why the changes occur, how they changed, and what you are doing today that's making a difference for yourself and everyone that comes in contact with you. Is that all right? That's perfect. Thank you. Excellent. So a few quick questions that I'd, I'd like to find out. Uh, where were you born? I was born in Bogota, Colombia, in South America. And how long did you live there? I lived part of um, my teenager, teenage um, years, and then I moved to Florida, and then I moved over here to study. What part of Florida? I, I lived in Florida for a long time. Fort Lauderdale. Ah, my family uh, lives there now. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> part of my family lives there now yeah. too. Yeah. Ah, we'll have to go back and visit our families together. That's right. And did you ever find any good food in Florida? <laughs> you know what? It all depends what we call good food. You, okay. You're well, talking well, about just taste or nutrition? <laughs> oranges. 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 Yeah. No, actually, there are some some good places in um, Florida where you can find good food too. Okay, I want we we may have to cover that because I want to tell my family some places to Absolutely. eat. Absolutely, <laughs> great. So you you came over here and you uh, had a career as a a graphic designer, 
And you did that for a number of years, right? That's right. Eight and a half years until cancer hit. Okay, and that's what we're going to talk about now. So before we know that it's cancer, something started happening to you, right? Yeah, before cancer, actually a few months before I was feeling very sick, um, you know, uncomfortable, not being myself. I wasn't able to design or come up with, you know, not working well. And um, it was very stressful, my job at that time, um, working for the entertainment business. Um, as a graphic designer, it can, it can be stressful. So I didn't realize that it was more than stress, that it was, you know, being sick, that my body was sending me signals. And what, tell me a little more about the signals and, and how did you recognize that they were actually signals? What, what made that happen? Um, Probably the major uh, noticeable thing for me was when I started bleeding, um, you know, out of my period, not not with my period, but I was just bleeding here and there once in a while. And I was feeling very bloated, um, uh, sad once in a while, you know, like I wasn't being myself. But the major thing was I couldn't sleep. I was very stressed out and irritable and I couldn't sleep. So the body was like telling me in this bloatiness, blood once in a while i was like uh, you know what's going on something is is going on with my body and i told my sister because she's a nurse and a sociologist and i anesthetist i'm sorry and i i realized that something was more than that i had rashes and she told me that might be that might be fungus lily that you have in your skin and i was like and what it means i was very ignorant doctor i had to tell you this i was very ignorant about the body and about health I think that's very important, uh, especially as we move forward. But many people have these kinds of symptoms and not feeling well. What was it that finally made you go to uh, get it checked out? I actually started going to the doctor and the doctor couldn't figure it out. He was like, maybe it's just the stress and, you know, things like that. But then the bloatiness was so much and, and started to become like painful um, and the bleeding. The bleeding scared me. Every time I was seeing little bits of blood here and there, I was like, mm -hmm. why am I bleeding? This is not normal. And my sister told me the same. She's like, you need to go back to the doctor. You need to let them know what's going on and, and maybe request a test because if they are not sending you for tests, that's not, that's not okay. So I started pushing a little bit and and asking questions. And then I became interested. Um, why they don't offer me this test or the other? Like, the, no, your insurance wouldn't pay for this or your insurance if you're not sick. I was like, but I'm sick. I feel something. So um, with the help of my sister and, and learning the system, which was what the major thing for me was learning that there is a system out there in the medical world and with the insurance, um, then I got to be sent to a specialist for cancer. And first for the test, a CT scan. Um, no, it was an ultrasound first, and then the CT, and then, but they forgot one thing, which was the CA-125. <laughs> CA-125 is a blood test uh, that sometimes will show positive results for ovarian cancer and a few other things, uh, correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. I, I didn't know about it until... Until my sister said, but she has this bloatiness, you know, wouldn't it be good if they saw, they saw a little thing in the CT scan and now in the, I'm sorry, the CT and the ultrasound, the CT didn't show anything. And uh, this, the ultrasound showed a little thing, but it was very, very small. And so that's why they, they thought it was not ovarian cancer. I assume, I don't know, but not taking the test was, um, was actually crucial because because of that I I waited longer and they waited longer to send me to the specialist and to other things and so the tumor was growing. So we didn't even know that it was a tumor yet, but it yeah. it turns out that it was. But before you talk about that a little bit, <clears throat> tell us about what you learned about the system because I think that will be important for other people to know about because lots of people have signs and symptoms, lots of people are stressed, lots of people don't necessarily have a sister who's a nurse That's anesthetist. Right. <laughs> um, so what is it about the system that you uh, want to tell us that might be helpful? Um, 
most likely that you need to be on top of it. <laughs> okay. you, you need to be on top of um, the results and um, not just wait. Well, if they haven't called me, then I'll just wait. No, if I would have done that, I was probably not, not alive at this moment. I don't know. But um, I didn't know either that I was cancer or there was ovarian cancer, but the intuition was telling me I need to call and find out, call and find out. So I kept calling, I kept calling and um, they sent me to one place and then they told me, no, the other one is not going to be, um, we don't know the, the results until your doctor call you. So I called the doctor, doctor, can you call them back? You know, being on top of things uh, definitely helps and being proactive. Um, that's that's kind of like the major thing that the system is not going to move for you. You need to move if you want to find out what's going on. That's a, a great thing to learn. We, we've interviewed a number of people that have had cancer, and we're interviewing someone now, uh, Scott Spaulding, who is going through uh, a diagnosis right now. And we've had some interviews with him and a number of other people, and they all talk about being on top of it and being proactive. Also, having a support system a little bit, right? That's right. Uh, absolutely. Um, and most of my life, I've been a reader and an intellectual person that I read quite a bit, and I have um, research uh, quite a bit. And so I started doing research and learning, you know, how the system works, and I realized this is not going to happen if I don't push it. I, I know that it was not the, at the moment the doctors or even the nurses might have feel a little bit because I was very persistent. So persistence is the word right there. Oh, beautiful. So... Still, you went through all these tests and everything, and nobody was saying to you, uh, Lily, come in here quickly. We have to start you on uh, chemotherapy and radiation, and we have to do surgery. Nobody was telling you that, were they? No, because um, the tests, according to some of the doctors, were not showing 100% what it was at the beginning. So they took it very easy, and they sent me to see the head of the cancer department of a big hospital in L.A., and I... I assume, well, he's the head of the cancer department, and so did my sister. And so we were, like, very, very um, excited to see him. And, yeah, he saw me. He did a very um, thrill test, um, and he told me, Lily, I think that is 0.2% that is a cancer. I think that you will be okay. So I was like, wow, this is good. It's not cancer. He is saying that, so it's not cancer. And uh, my sister was jumping and everybody was like, okay, so it might be just a cyst or something like that. I'm going on vacation, Lily, and when I come back, I'll see you. I was like, okay. I felt much better after he said that. But then again, the same day at nighttime, I was bloated and I was bleeding. And I started feeling like really a deep sadness, like something was not right inside me. So I thought, okay, if something is not right, why he said that? What is it? Um, so we waited. We waited a few weeks, but by the time he came back from vacation, um, I was overly, overly bloated. I couldn't eat. I was very weak, um, and I felt, and I was bleeding really bad. But the worst thing was that I was losing weight per day really bad. I was losing all my weight. I lost over 20 pounds. Mm. So, so... You know, I, I remember that and I feel sad because I was like shrinking down and very feeling really weak. Even food didn't attract me, although I know that I was uh, craving sweets. I was craving quite a bit of sweets. Um, that was the only thing that I wanted to eat. And my sister was very, very upset. She was like, something is wrong. This is, you cannot lose weight this much. Um, so we prepare everything. We really insisted with the uh, insurance to see the doctor as soon as he got, a, got in. The nurses and everybody helped us at that moment. They saw that something was wrong. And when he got in, um, he knew that something was wrong with me. Um, the next day that he, he was starting, um, they took me for a rash laparoscopy. He wanted to see what was inside if, to confirm if it was cancer or not. And all of what he did just before the surgery, he asked me, Lily, if I see with the camera that is cancer, do you allow me to pull everything out, to take everything out? I mean... The what did that mean to he, you at he, that moment? He, it meant that I, wouldn't, I was not able to have children, and that was very sad. And that but, was very sad because, because 
I was still able to have children and I was in a relationship. So, mm-hmm. so I was, I was very sad, but, but at the same time I say, yes, of course, if, if you, if you think that that's, if it's cancer and you think that that's the best, he says, if it's cancer, with, I think that we need to do it because it might be ovarian cancer. And so before he arrived, they took the CA-125. Finally, they took, Finally. The, they took the CA-125 test because my, my blurriness was exaggerated. And so um, my sister, you know, she insisted on that too, and I insisted it. So by the time he came back, he says, the numbers are high, and this is probably ovarian cancer. So I need, you know, you probably... I would probably need to pull everything out, but I'm not sure yet. I have to go inside. Mm-hmm. So he went with the camera, and um, I I enter. I remember always this. I entered surgery with <laughs> with a smile, thanking God. I said, you know, whatever is going to happen, this is another experience in life. So show me the way. Show me the way. And I went into surgery. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional, but um, I always get emotional in this moment. <laughs> That's good. Although, although I speak very m- many times, I have spoken about this, but um, I think that being positive and just um, surrendering at that moment um, changed things. And um, instead of being in a small surgery or a short surgery, it took many, many hours. My sister thought that I was probably dying or something because it took many, many hours. But what happened is that, um, sorry the the doctor went with the camera in and um so he he decided because he saw that it was ovarian cancer and that it was really big he decided to cut me but instead of cutting me like in this way like um uh, horizontal yes no yeah horizontal they cut right. me vertical a bi- instead of the bikini incision yeah exactly so yeah. so they cut me because he saw that he needed a more space and that probably that was the only way of pulling the tumor um but it was a and he he explained to me afterwards because i said why you didn't find it how come you didn't touch the the tumor before because he says i don't see i don't feel any mass that's why he said that it was not cancer but um the tumor was a very soft tissue that was moving when he pulled his hand one side it went to the other side and backwards mm-hmm. so he couldn't touch it and and you know i i understood uh, he's a human being and we all humans we do mistakes so i i was okay that i was alive the surgery was brutal brutal <laughs> it was brutal because um when he tried to pull the tumor out the tumor broke in his hands mm. So it was, it broke inside me and he was, I guess, feeling guilty or I don't know. He was, he told me that he was feeling guilty actually, but he says, I, I wash you. I took, it took hours because I pulled everything out of you in that area and part of your stomach and your intestines. And I wash you. I didn't want any single cell, but cancer cell to be inside you because it was contained. It was contained in the tumor, but unfortunately it broke because it was too big. Right. Just let, let me make sure of something. When you're saying they pulled everything out, it's really not that they removed it. They just moved it around so they could wash all around and right. make sure there were no cancer cells. So right. you didn't lose your stomach. They didn't remove no. your stomach no, 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 or no, no, intestine. No, no, no. Okay. They, just, they just put it on the side, like he said. Sure. They put it on the side. They wash it really well, which I really appreciate. They wash sure. me inside. <laughs> sure. They wash me inside. And it was funny because after after I was, you know, they... they uh, I was healing. My stomach was on the side. I was like, I was like not center anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. they put more intestines on one side. And he <laughs> said, I tried to do the best that I could. I always complain every time I was seeing him. He's like, look at this. I'm not center anymore. My stomach and my intestines are on one side. But he says with the years, it'll, it'll, you know, adjust. And he did. It adjust. Okay. So you, you came out of surgery. Yeah. Did you smile again? No. When I came out of surgery, I I was not conscious and when I was waking up in the um in the room I don't, the first thing I saw when I opened my eyes was my mother crying. So when I saw my mother crying I was like it was cancer. You know, right. it was cancer. But um it was hard because it was the pain and I was not feeling myself. I was like very very weak. Um it took months. I'm sorry, I was just trying to drink the water. Um it took months for me. I was in this position like this because they cut me vertical 
you know, um, mm -hmm. I was like this, I was like holding, I, I shrink down, I swear. I shrink down uh, by being like that in for months during the chemo, after the surgery, during the chemo, during the radiation, until I started doing yoga and certain exercises. And then I came back straight back again. It was, it was very hard, but after the surgery, I was overwhelmed learning. Uh, why learning? Because I talked to my family and my friends and everybody was saying, what do you need? What do you want to do? You know, do you want to watch movies? I was like, do not bring me a movie, please. <laughs> I was like, do not bring me a movie. I was working with that before. So, you know, many of my coworkers, they visit me on a weekly basis. My family came from far away, from different places, from all over the, the area, because I have family everywhere, um, from Canada, from South America, from Europe. It was it was from everywhere. I received phone calls from Spain, from different places where we have family. So it was very like, way. I turned the other way. I was like, oh my God, all this love, all this, all this compassion. You know, I was like overwhelmed in certain areas, but then I decided I need to learn. I need to learn what happened to me. And I, I was very ignorant about the body. I told my sister, can I read your books and, you know, medicine? And she was like, please, let me help you. So she started teaching me. Uh, I had probably over 250 books around me constantly. I read them all because I don't watch TV. I don't. I didn't want to watch movies. Um, and then I realized, wow, look at what I have done to me. I didn't know that one can do such a detrimental damage to the body through not taking good care, good nutrition and nurturing the body, but instead forcing the body and putting under stress, a constant stress. Um, it, it was too much stress. It was not sleeping well. And I was going through a toxic relationship <laughs> on top mm -hmm. of everything else. So my body was toxic from junk foods, from not sleeping well, from not exercising, not doing any type of exercise at all. And on top of that, the toxic relationship didn't help. <laughs> all right. So was it your your family and friends and everyone else that helped you to gain this insight into yourself? Definitely the love. The love and the compassion and seeing the interest for everybody. You know, Doc, I think that one doesn't realize how much love and how much people love you until you're sick. It was sad. I I didn't realize that even my cousins loved me, that even my coworkers loved me that much, that compassion brings up this love and this energy from people that nurtures you. Lily, this is, this is beautiful. I would like to step away from kind of the questions and answers right now for just a moment and give you an opportunity, if you would like, to say some kind of a words of gratitude to your family, a thank you, uh, or anything. Is there anything you would like to say to family and friends oh, wow. that, that uh, you would like them to hear from you now that maybe you didn't say before or you did, but... It, this is a great opportunity if you'd like to take it. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, I did in the past. I thank them from the bottom of my heart. But I'm very grateful to every single person that gave me a little bit of energy and interest for my health and gave me love. People that visit me, my coworkers that came from far away because I was staying in my mom's. We closed my apartment and we they took me over my mom's. And people used to drive far away because I was working on the west side. So thank you. Thank you so much to each and everyone that helped me and that gave me support, that gave me hope. And my family is, is a beautiful family. I cannot thank them enough. They know. is is one of the most important things that I think that we have in life is having family. And mm. my family is strong. Even my father that was um, far away, I, he gave me so much, uh, like not just hope, but strength. He gave me a strength. He, I remember that sentence that he said one day. He says, don't you have all the tools to learn 
and you have insurance and you have medical doctors and you have uh, nutritionists and you have people around you that are helping you and your mother is even cooking for you and I say yes he says you have all the tools and family is the best tool you know mm -hmm. just just allow them because you know doctor I was very independent so and I know that my independence caused a little bit of trouble with my sister and my mom at the time mm -hmm. that they was help they were helping me but but thanks to Thank to them because that they were patient because their patience um, allowed me to surren surrender. And when I surrender, something magical happened. And it was that I started healing. So thank mm -hmm. you to everyone and my family, each member, my cousins, my nephews, my nieces, everybody that helped me. And even the phone calls from far away from Europe and South America, it did help my heart and my body and each of my cells. Thank you. Beautiful. That gave me some chills. Beautiful. How about you, Christina? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's it's, um, it's so amazing that these turning points in our lives just bring such a awareness of everything around us. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Lovely. So we're so now you're still you come out of surgery and you had your chemo and radiation. How'd you go through that? Was that tough for you or is that okay? That was tough. That was very tough. I was getting thinner and thinner and thinner as the treatments were going on my body. But um, I became very, how do I say this, very holistic in a way. Uh, I became more of a believer in meditation and yoga. And I was praying as well. But I think that what I what I had the most important thing was that I was with the chemo, meaning I learned so much how to deal, deal with it. The first chemo was terrible because I was allergic to the drug and it almost killed me. My heart, my heart went, went to 150, I don't know, from, I don't know how many seconds. And um, my sister that was with me, she was like, oh my God, she's allergic. She told the nurse, she's allergic. Look, her her eyes and everything, my my whole face was so red. Uh, so it was hard and I was very afraid of the, the chemo because of that. But afterwards, when they explained, no, we're going to change the medication, you're allergic to this medication. And, and I started doing meditations. I was always hooked. I was like listening to my meditations while I was having chemo. Mm. And it became easy. After a while, it became easy and I was like, okay, this is a fluid that is going through my veins and this fluid is going to help me and it's going to kill only bad cells. And I was kind of like nurturing my good cells and sending them good nutrition with good, you know, superfoods and nutrition, good nutritional habits. That's when it started it because I was reading so much. I was having very good nutritional habits. And even in, in between chemos, I was having like more energy. You know, I was, hmm. it was something funny that um, after the second chemo, we came back to my sister's house where my mom was and I was. And I asked my sister, can I dance? <laughs> and she looked at me and she says, what? I was like, I want to dance. Can we dance? Would you dance with me? And they put salsa and we started dancing. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be alive. I want to live. And I think I've been learning so much and I know that rhythms are very important. So I think the music will be my to go now. And my sister was like, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> what kind of music do you want? And, you know, so I was listening to classical music, which is one of my favorites. And I was dancing salsa once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. I love this. Um, so you're still a graphic designer at this moment. Right. That's true. I was still a graphic designer. And when I finished chemo, actually, I was finishing chemo and I was bold, no hair. Actually, my sister took some pictures and um, one of the pictures I put in, in my book, um, I actually had the chemo and I was telling my sister, can we go to visit my office? I want to go back to work. And my sister was like, what? My coworkers did something very beautiful. They created a, a website for myself so that I could see what was happening in the office. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. We were graphic designers and, you know, 
take people that at the time for me was the main thing. So I was in communication with them and I said, I might go to visit this day, um, but I didn't tell them for sure. I just show up. My sister drove me and everybody stopped working. I remember that day. Everybody stopped working and they made a circle around me and my boss came on, came in. She says, why didn't you tell us that you were coming? Mm-hmm. And I was totally bold. And I said, because I wanted I want to feel that I still have energy to work. I want to see how is it if I come back to work. And she told me, you have your job, Lily. When you decide to come back, you can come back. So I told her, I think that I can come back when I start radiation, but maybe half time. And I did. The first day that I started to work, I didn't have the key. So I knocked on the door. And guess what? When they opened the door, 18 of my coworkers were bold waiting for me. (laughs) Wow. That's wonderful. Wow. I know, I know. I was like, oh my God, I didn't know if I should cry, laugh. And everybody's like, welcome back. Oh my gosh. That's when I mean love. Love is so important. And that love, I will never forget it. Same with my family. They carry me, they drove me, they care for me they cook for me they did everything for me so i think that i needed it to just be alive for them (laughs) wow that's fantastic so you you looked at i'm curious as to i run into this a lot as a medical guide i see that people have bad habits and toxic relationships and things like that but yet they don't change until something major happens like a cancer or a heart attack or a stroke what do you think it is about us as a species that we need to have uh something very serious happen to us before we realize that we need to change habits and and become more new more holistic and uh, nutritionally aware and less stress, etc. I really think that is part. Part of it is the system. We keep rolling. We keep busy. We keep rolling, and we think this is going to be okay, you know. And the other part of it is the quick fix. We were mm. talking with Christina before the show about that. Is like the quick fix of I'll take the pill, and the pill subsides the symptoms and. And then you don't have the symptoms for a while, and then you feel like, I, I have to keep going. So we don't pay attention to the signals, to the body signals. The symptoms are very important. They always talk. But um, I think that part of it is that, that, as we all know, we are made out of cycles, and everything in life is a cycle. So we keep cycling. We keep rolling. And that's a little dangerous when we don't observe ourselves. We should be observing ourselves. So you started observing yourself and you recognized that you had the bad habits and the relationships and things were abnormal and you wanted to make a change. How did you make the change and what took you in the direction of where you are now? Actually, I didn't notice it until I started reading about it. So one of those, many of those 250 books that I had around me were holistic nutrition books and were books from doctors like Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Joel Foreman, you know, integrative doctors that they they believe in in the holistic world as well, but they are medical doctors. So and Dr. Andrew Weil. <clears throat> so when I was I was reading about their books, I noticed like why they are talking even stress and I live in this stressful world and wow, he's talking about sleep, and I barely sleep some some weekends I kept going. Um, we could work until 1 o'clock, and I was in the office again at 9 a.m., you know, so it was like my nights were very off rhythm, you know, I was not sleeping the same time every night, or at night time. <laughs> mm. um, so all these patterns um, and biological patterns, when they started talking in the books about biological patterns and biological rhythms, I was like, I'm off. I'm off. And um, then I realized, and the food that I'm eating is garbage. It's junk food. So I I started thinking, I need to slow down. I need to cook again. 
I need to eat well. So I told my mother, mother, we're going to do this. So I started creating green soups. Mother, we're going to do this. And I was going to say, put one onion. One onion, Lily? It's like, yes, mother, one onion. She's like, okay. So we were putting <laughs> all these things and creating all these soups. And my sister was like, are you going to eat that? I'm like, yep, <laughs> I'm going to eat that. And so I was getting I was getting the chemo, but I was getting all these very nutritional soups, especially and green smoothies. And but mainly I focus on my digestion because that's what the books were telling me to focus on digestion. And sure enough, when I focus on digestion, my body started like getting having more energy. And now it started sleeping better. And so I noticed all these things is like this works. Wow, this really works. So I was making notes and telling my sister I was keeping a log and and my sister was like, uh-huh. Okay, mother, I want that soup. <laughs> so we were like, we were like creating the soups for all of us, and but I was having much better energy. And even the doctors told me, "Wow, you're getting your face looks different, your energy is different." And I was like, "Yeah, I know." There were moments that the radiation took me back to the hospital, and my immune system went to the floor, and I was fighting. I was like, "I'm not gonna allow this to to kick me," you know. What can I do for my immune system? So I started researching more and more and more and reading more books and reading. And I went to take classes online. I was like, nope, I'm going to take even the class online because I cannot go to the school. So I took, you know, online classes, uh, nutritional classes, and I introduction to nutrition. I was like, this is, I already know this. I already know that. I already know this. And so my sister was like, you're going to become an expert. You're teaching me now. I was like, I don't know about that, but I feel like my immune system is coming back. And sure enough, with a lot of mushrooms and a lot of patience and good sleep and resting when I was tired, my immune system came back. And so I went to work fully again, full time. By the time I went to work full time, I was not interested in designing. <laughs> they gave me an office by myself, they isolated me so that I was, because I was at risk, you know, my immune system, and they, they got it. I told them, you know, I'm not sure that I can be with the group all the time, especially if somebody is sick. And they isolated me, and I was like, reading about nutrition online all the time. I was, instead of working. So one day I realized, and I told my sister, this is not fair. I'm at work and I'm reading nutrition. She looked at me and she says, I know. You do it all the time, Lily. You should maybe change careers. And I was like, yes. I think that I can do it. My mother and my dad and everybody told me, we'll support you. Change careers. And so one day I just told them, you know, um, I think that I, the, the company started, was not doing well anyway. So I, it was the perfect time and everything started changing. So I was like, I'm just going to switch. And I started switching half time. And then all of a sudden I was full time just, uh, studying nutrition and then I found my nutrition school uh, which is integrative nutrition funny enough I think I found it because the books that I was reading guide me to it mm. many of the doctors that I was reading books about uh, nutrition and, and, and medicine they were teachers at the integrative nutrition school that I went to mm. so they became my teachers oh very nice <laughs> So I was like very happy. I was like at home. You know what I mean? I was like, sure. I already know what he's going to say. And I don't know. I, I already know what this is about. <laughs> but I'm going because I needed a title. I needed a certificate. And I wanted to work and actually become independent. And I did. I did. It took me a while, you know, in several years of, you know, little by little starting to get clients. And it was so beautiful because I was, I was like in heaven. I'm, I'm working in what I like. This this was the best the best thing in life that could have happened to me was cancer probably because cancer brought me to find a purpose in life. You know that's so interesting that you say that because there are many people that talk about cancer actually as a gift. I know, uh, and it's so strange that it does that, but it's a real motivator, and that's. Uh, kind of what we're talking about today, the fact that, I mean, no one would look at cancer as a motivator, except for the people that have cancer and get motivated by it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. It was, um, at the time, one, one time I mentioned it to my one of my older sisters that she came to help me through radiation. She was driving me to the radiation some days. So she came from Southern, from Canada, actually. She was in Canada and she moved, but she lives in South America. So she was here for like three months. And 
she was living with me. I went back to my apartment and she was driving me and I said, you know what? I don't think that if cancer wouldn't happen to me, I wouldn't have been learning so much and became knowledgeable about biology, the body, you know, physiology and, and nutrition. I wouldn't. And she told me, she says, so you're saying that you're, you're grateful for cancer? And I say, that's right. That's right. And she says, that's hard. I can, I, that's hard. I don't think I want to go through cancer to learn that kind of stuff. So yes, but the main thing is, and I didn't even know at that time that I was going to become, you know, a holistic nutritionist like this. I mean, I had no idea, but I felt the passion. I felt the need to help others. And she was saying, you know, people are calling you, your friends and everybody's calling you. That might be a good thing if you change careers, you know, I think that the nutrition is calling you. So that's why I did. Beautiful. So how long did it take to get your degree? Um, the first one, well, I first started learning um, holistic nutritional chef, uh, cooking. So I became a nutritional chef. And that was for myself because I was telling my mother to help me to cook. But then when I went back to my apartment, it's like my mother is like, now you're going to be doing all by yourself. And I was like, no. I already have classes. I'm going to take the classes and I'm going to be doing it with my teachers and all that stuff. And so she was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And my sister was like, I want to learn too. So it took me from the two careers kind of like maybe four years. Okay. Very good. So now you're becoming a a nutritionist and you're starting to do the research. I mean, we look out there, we talk about nutrition right at the top of the show. We've had a number of people, Tracy Harrison, Kabir Southwick, a number of people that give us nutrition information, some from Western points of view, some from Ayurvedic points of view. You come from another country. Uh, You have cultures that are around the world. You have nutrition uh, that's being served all around the world. How did you figure out what nutritional uh, cultures were the right ones for you, or or are they all the right ones? That's a good question, doctor. I actually um, was reading from a lot of integrative doctors, and um, but then my sister and you know even my brother-in-law they are in the medical field, so they were giving me a lot of books and things to read in even medical journals about science. So I was like, hmm, there are two worlds here that they talk different, but they have the same purpose. So I wanted to figure out if I could find the best of the two worlds, science and nutritional Chinese therapy, because that was the main thing that I was reading. Um, a lot of them, they, they went back to Japanese nutrition, um, in general, it's Asian. Asian, maybe because it's one of the oldest uh, cultures in the world. Um, and I got to read the um, Yellow Emperor's uh, medicine, Chinese medicine. And that book, um, The Yellow Emperor's of um, Chinese Medicine, was an eye-opener. Did you read that whole book? Yes. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> Uh, I, I actually had to buy some uh, translations, uh, like the short ones, so to get uh, a better understanding. But um, but I was very passionate. I was like so interested. Wow, this is nature. This is they're telling me that I'm I'm like nature, and, I, and nature can he- help me to heal. So I was very interested in that, and um, that's why the nutritional cooking started um, that way because. I wanted to cook with the five flavors of the earth um, in mind and, you know, mainly eating with the purpose in mind and cooking with the purpose in mind. So understanding that some foods, what's called food properties, some foods are cooling, some are warming, some, you know, are neutral and some foods, they are, they have healing purpose for certain organ networks and other ones uh, for other things. So I was very interested in learning that they are, they go back to what's the yin and yang. That's the main. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the main source of every single thing. The essence, like we call it. And so I was like submerged in that world for a while, 
But then my sister used to pull me to science. It's like <laughs> your sister; she's an important part of this whole program. <laughs> I know. I, I know. Had her right beside you. I yeah. know. I know. Yeah, Diana is a unique person. Very, very um, smart woman. Um, she's. Like, in... Go ahead, doctor. No, I was going to say actually, your whole family seems to be. Uh, <laughs> we need. We need to hire your family out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, but uh, certainly. Because I was with them while I was going through the sickness, and my brother-in-law, my sister, my mom, they they were a huge part of that and and the learning. Because I was I had the books and I had somebody to ask, you know, uh, answer questions right beside me, and and then but they pulled sources and they say you know you can get answers here or here or read these medical journals. So I was comparing the medical journals and science uh, with traditional Chinese medicine, and not only traditional Chinese medicine, but I went directly to um, Chinese nutritional therapy. Mm. Um, so the nutritional therapy was like, oh my God, I can do this to myself. So I was, I became my own guinea pig. So <laughs> I was being, doing things and I was like, let's see how I feel. Let's see if this is true. So I was actually confirming that that's true, that when we change the foods and we help the certain networks, the the body starts working um, in rhythm again. I was looking for that rhythm that I lost uh, throughout sickness and because of the chemotherapy. So I, I needed to bring myself back into balance and I, I was very sure about that. I knew what I needed to do. So the nutritional therapy was the set point for that. Mm. So then you started uh, developing it as a business and you started teaching other people. You said you talked about the passion of wanting to help others, so That's right. now now you're you're helping yourself and you're recognizing things. You're doing a lot of learning, and now it's time to give back. Yes, exactly. I wanted to give back, but I was um, I had I started helping people. I always remember this. One of my friends um, called me one day and she says, um, "This person that works for me has his mother in New York, and she's going through ovarian cancer." And she wants to talk to you. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And what am I going to tell her? And she's like, just just give her inspiration, Lily, that you're alive. She's going through a hard time. And then I started doing that. I started talking on the phone and, and Skype and, you know, seeing people from far away that I'd never met before. And I was not charging. I was just thankful. I was like, oh, my God, I helped somebody. I can't believe it. And people tell me, you know, I, I did your green soup, Lily, and I feel a lot better. That soup has all these foods that you're telling me, and I can sleep better. That was my main thing, is was to help myself to fall asleep normal without any pills, and so that my immune system will pick up and more energy I'll have the next day. And people started noticing that, yes, this helps me to sleep, this calms me down. So it was just whole foods and certain foods that was... Um, highly anti-cancer at the same time, cruciferous vegetables and and onions and all that stuff and garlics. And so people started noticing and I started noticing that people were having good results. So I was, that gave me hope that I was doing the right thing, not just for myself, but by helping others. And, and then I wanted to have a title. I wanted to have something that was more stable to open my company, to actually start working and doing things that were more like, like settle, you know, like, like really helping people and, and being in business. So I, I had one woman in Florida that she, I was helping her on the phone. And then she told me, Lily, I think that I need to pay you because you helped me so much. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to pay me. I, I cannot receive money because I don't have a title yet. Mm. And so she she was like, you don't need it. You know so much about nutritional cooking and the Chinese medicine. I don't know the Chinese nutritional therapy and even Ayurveda. I teach her and I send her the the links for the books and all that stuff. And she was learning. So I was very happy because she was learning. And um, then when I found my nutritional school, I said, this is it. This is it. And my sister told me, no more free phone calls, Lily. You need to pay. <laughs> There's your sister again. I know. <laughs> well, I have several sisters. So one, my, one, this one was one of my older sisters that she's a businesswoman. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah. So you got uh, inspired to start teaching, start uh, helping people, and yeah. to write a book. That's right. That's right. Yeah, with the years, you know, the many years passed by, and then I had my business and many, many clients. <laughs> and I started teaching at cancer support centers. Um, nowadays, I teach um, at um, Los Angeles Public Libraries as well. Um, and then I started being called by hospitals, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to teach in a hospital. But uh, mainly it just was like uh, cancer patients, you know, that they needed to have that inspiration and that guidance in nutritional cooking and nutritional therapy. Um, and at the same time is the lifestyle. I, I emphasize a lot the, the lifestyle and sleeping and exercising are you know, huge parts, like primary food, like we call it. Primary food is, you know, that love and the spiritual part of each one and, you know, exercising, having a good career, um, avoiding toxic relationships. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other part is food. Everything, I believe that every single thing fits us up, you know, create our world, create our body and makes happy cells or unhappy cells. Anti-cancer habits... And what's the second part? Anti-inflammatory nutrition. That's what you look at now, right? That's right. And do you look at that for everybody? You're just trying to take people that don't have cancer, but we assume everyone has the potential for cancer. Everyone has the pot potential for inflammation. And these are the things that we're seeing in the scientific world that are causing the problems. And some of the foods that we're eating add to that. So... What's your process now? What does your book say to us? In my book, I really wanted to send a message to people to um, learn what is the root of disease. Where, where are the main things that people need to um, be aware of when inflammation starts? Inflammation is actually good when it's just uh, a symptom that is telling us, oh, here there is something wrong in the body. Uh, you know, inflammation has its purpose, but when it becomes chronic inflammation or when we don't pay attention to inflammation and it becomes chronic, that's when things get out of hand and um, the cells can become sick or deteriorate or distort. Uh, acutely and chronically, yes. that happens. That's true. Christina, any thoughts? Oh, yes. Uh, many. <laughs> um, so, Lily, when you work with uh, individual people, and um, I'm assuming that you're also working with people that are not just dealing with ovarian cancer, but a gamut of the different cancers out there. That's right. Yeah. I work with um, not just cancer patients um, only as well. I work with people that are looking to improve their nutritional um, habits, um, people that are looking to avoid diabetes. I have a lot of those that are H, you know, like by the H or pre-diabetics. Mm. Um, I work with people that are just looking to improve general, in general the lifestyle. Mm. And, um, but ovarian cancer is one of them that I work a lot of with a lot of ovarian cancer survivors. Um, but breast cancer is probably number one. Mm. Breast cancer, I have um, prostate cancer clients um, definitely brain cancer too. Um, so all the rate of different type of cancers. And I mean, when, when, um, when you work with people, um, how is, uh, do you find that they're very open to changing their diets? Um, is, is it difficult? Is it, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes the change is quite drastic. As you said, you went from junk food to now a, a very nutritionally based uh, menu that you create mm -hmm. all the time. And so with most of the people that you see, do you find that there's a little bit of a, a difficulty in getting them to shift those habits? Um, it depends. It depends who I'm talking to. But um, I actually, I've been trained as a... Um, you know, uh, a certified integrative nutrition health coach. And so it's, it's, it's for me, it's normal to, to deal with the different type of personalities. And I put myself in their place. You know, I put myself in their shoes and where are they at? So everybody's in a different place. So I cannot say, yeah, there are some that are more difficult than others. There are some that are ready for the change. They, mm -hmm. they even tell me, I'm ready for the change, just guide me. 
So it's, it's, it depends. Everybody is unique, I should say. And the bio-individuality makes it easy for me now to understand people and how, what are their needs and their goals. Everybody mm -hmm. has a different goal. Mm -hmm. So I just need to listen to them and, you know, create a path for every person or, you know, create something that is specific for their needs. When you talk about specific, <clears throat> we've mentioned, and you brought up just a few moments ago, Chinese uh, nutrition and Ayurvedic. When you work with somebody and you go to an individual process, do you sometimes suggest one thing for someone's anti-cancer, anti-inflammation, and to another person something else, or is it always... This is the anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory diet. Again, I think it depends on the individual, doctor. Um, everybody is different, but I center first in digestion. If the person needs a digestion to be um, balanced or they need the microbiome to be back in balance um, or they have IBS or inflammatory bowel disease, whatever it is, um, then I suggest differently. If somebody is um, having good digestion and I notice that the assimilation is very good, then I go on with the anti-inflammatory diet. I see. Just just for our audience, although they probably know this from listening, the microbiome is is essentially the collective group of organisms within the gut that help to protect us and digest things. It's part of the immune system, number of other parts to it, very unique to each person. And we're finding even more important in terms of health and obesity and disease. The microbiome is a focus that a lot of people are looking at right now. That's right. Continue. Um, well, it all depends on the person, but yeah, um, I do both the anti-inflammatory diet and um, but in my anti-inflammatory diet is not just set on stone. Um, it is uh, it varies as well. It varies uh, where the inflammation is in the body, um, and and if the person, the age of, of the person, you know. Mm. It depends on many things because um, somebody that is over. 55 years old or 60 years old will digest foods in a different way than somebody that is 18 years old. And um, somebody that has a different activity level or somebody that is sitting all day long, it all depends. So I suggest not just the diet, but the lifestyle changes as well. Yeah, I always talk about that in my six aspects of nutrition, exercise, mm -hmm. stress management, sleep management, yeah. spirituality, and patterns of behavior. And you seem to cover all of that. And it, it's very important that people have to look at that. Lily, we're coming towards the end of our show right now. And we wonder if you have a health tip for us. Um, yes, I actually have one. Although you mentioned it right now, um, something about stress. I really truly believe that I heal myself mainly by changing my mentality and my thinking um, about stress. Stress is something that we need um, in small amounts to motivate us. And there are many studies that talk about it. Um, I actually talk about it in my book. There is a whole set and um, I even mentioned the books and the links and the doctors that I refer to. Because I didn't understand stress. I wanted to know what it was. Um, and, and then I did a whole research about it. And in, I noticed that I was still stressed out more than what I needed it. <laughs> so, man, yeah, managing the stress was one of the major things to, oh, my God, like, I'm so normal now. And, uh, yeah, I was not normal. I didn't know. I was running at 100 you know, miles per hour all the time. And uh, we don't need to. We have biorhythms and we have rhythms that are ex very, very important for stimulating the natural biorhythms in our, in our body. So when, when we have, when we picked up that and we manage our nervous system, we help the immune system. So mm -hmm. when I learned that, that the immune system, the nervous system keeps an alert, the immune system, I was like, oh, oh, I cannot do that. 
I have to <laughs> calm down so that my my immune system relax and can work and is not spending too much energy, you know, because it spends energy. So I realized I needed it to do that. And um, that's probably what I can tell people is be aware of where are you at? How are you circulating in a daily basis? Are you moving at and running at 100 miles per hour? <laughs> or are you um, overstressed out when you're trying to fall asleep and you're thinking too much? That's not normal. So observe yourself, observe your nervous system and help your immunity by calming down. Now there are foods that help me to calm down. And if you guys use whole, pure, nutritional, organic foods, you will be much better off in managing stress than if you are not. Thank you for that. You know, Christina, I, I love our health tip part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we always do a big year-end health tip conclusion, don't we? I know. That was so great, Lily. Thank you. You know, in preparing for this show, uh, I know you thought about a lot of things. Is there anything that came to mind that you wanted to mention to us and to our global audience that we did not get to speak about today? Probably that every single thing has an opposite in life, the yin and the yang. I didn't speak as much about it, but I mentioned it very quickly. And if you are upset, you can be happy. That <laughs> if, you are, if you are sad, you can be happy too. Probably look for that happiness, that inside light that you have, and it will guide you. It will guide you through whatever is happening in your life. But if, if you don't observe yourself and, and you don't find that light of, you know, I, I'm upset, I can be happy. Choose. Choosing, choosing in between the two is the yin and the yang as well. So think about uh, that. Every single thing in life has an opposite. Where are you? That's great. We interviewed Marilyn Tam, and she has written a book on the happiness choice. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yes. We're very well, I, great. I, a, I, I just made me think I have uh, some uh, pretty smart ancestors, don't you think? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the Portuguese, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> they were good sailors. No. <laughs> but before, before anything else, Glenn, I would like to share with our audience the book that Lily has uh, put out for all of us. Definitely. It's beautiful. And it's not a um, uh, lengthy read, as you can see here. And they have, she even has included some of her recipes at the back, which I am yeah. very excited to try. Some beautiful pictures of her foods. And mainly... You have to remember she's a graphic designer, so it's a beautiful right. book. <laughs> and, and just in case any of our audience was concerned, in the book is... Uh, are the directions for Lily's green soup. Mm, with the onion. One of them. <laughs> one, of the, them. one of them. I have many, yeah. The cruciferous one, uh-huh. Uh-huh, the cruciferous, yeah, that's right. I'm very it. grateful to our very special guest, Lily Padilla, uh, an integrative and holistic nutritional uh, chef and coach and author. I'm appreciative of all of my healers and my teachers for helping me on my journey, and I'm appreciative of Yoga Hub and Magical Medical Tour, Christina and Segovia, for helping to put on this show, and we're always appreciative of our global audience uh, listening to this and spreading the word as we try and give more and more information to help people uh, achieve optimal health as we search through many quadrants of the uh, healthcare galaxy. So until next time... Lily, thank you so much for being with us and sharing uh, some very emotional and personal things with us and guiding us and many people and thanking your family for helping you to get through this, including your friends and everyone else. Look forward to getting together again uh, on Magical Medical Tour. And until that time, I wish you all optimal health. Thank you so much for having me, doctor. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Lily. It's been wonderful and uh, it's... Um Really, your passion is truly felt over the over these cyberspace uh, waves here, and uh, your story is very powerful. And I'm sure that it will 
reach out to many and motivate them and inspire them to follow the path that you've created. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for honoring us here today at uh, Yoga Hub. And of course, thank you so much, Dr. Glenn Woolman, for another great show. And we wish to thank each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We are grateful for your continuous support, and we look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. If you would like to learn more about Lily Padilla, we invite you to visit her website, lilypadilla.com. And if you would like to connect with our Dr. Glenn Woolman, you can do so through his website, glennwoolman.com, where I do encourage you to learn about his metaphor, square breath. Again, we are always grateful for any feedback, questions, comments that you might have. You can do so simply by scrolling down on the screen and typing it there. Now, just keep in mind, it doesn't matter if you are listening to this show a year from now, uh, a couple months from now, we will be sure to get your message across to whomever it is for. Uh, Or if you're listening to it through a device, please give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Until next time, we look forward to being with you again. Namaste. And there are there are lifestyle changes like meditation and yoga and tai chi and exercise and sleeping right and avoiding certain drugs. Uh, sometimes like caffeine, uh, which we don't really think of as a drug. And then there's talk therapy. And talking the right way and listening the right way can also affect the balance of chemicals in your brain, which is really amazing to think about because that also means that the way that you think about yourself and in a way the way that you talk...